you know what time it is. It's time for these total fools to talk about all this foolish soccer we've been watching. I'm your host, Alex Lebel, joined as always by Ben and Neil. Fellas, how's it going? Not always. I was gone last week. <laughs> and I was gone before that for multiple weeks. Ne- I've been ever present. Yeah, Neil is the only one with a perfect injury record. Ooh. Unspoiled, perfectly aligned, perfect attendance award goes to Neil. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about this week, I think. I don't know. It's been an international break, and there's been two billion games, so I don't even know what day or time it is. But I think the best place to start is, like we usually start with, with the player of the week. Um, ben, since you're returning and the games have been returning, would love to hear who your player for the week is. <laughs> oh, man. And that's the thing is, I kind of didn't have one five minutes before this. And then I was like, oh, no. I forgot that they even played games. Um but my player of the week actually goes to, and I, I'm pretty one note because I really love watching PSV play. So most of the time, my players are from them. But um, Bakayoko has really, really shown through as an exceptional player. Um, his form has been really good lately. He actually puts in a lot of good crosses. He's a goal scoring threat. He's always there for like you know wing work he and he actually has some good defensive capability as well so i think he's shown pretty dang well throughout the games he played not just over the weekend but um today as well versus sevilla he put in an an exceptional shift um and we can go into um some of that more of that stuff when we talk about psv later but i would choose bakayoko for my player of the week very solid choice neil what about you uh, a less solid choice, maybe, but I'll I'll also go from a guy from one of my teams, but that's uh, Mohamed Sanko. Um, he scored a hat trick for Heraklis against Almir City, and I think it would be remiss not to mention him because it's not often that teams outside of the the kind of top three, top four, where you get a player scoring a hat trick. That's really something special, and especially a team like Heraklis, that might be the only player to score a hat trick all season. Um, he's been a good signing for them. He's on loan from Stuttgart. He's 20 years old, um, has a big future ahead of him. Scored in his debut, but since then has done a lot of things right, but not found the goals. But he found the goals against Almir, and those were big three points, got them out of a rut. Um, it was really impressive. So that's my player of the round. And finally broke the streak of Heracles only only doing one goal scorer per <laughs> yeah. goal. <laughs> and Limbomba scored two as well so that was that was her five this is this is why alex looks so haggard today oh well, i'm also haggard because neil just took my player of the week because i was going to pick sanko as the first heracles player to score more than one goal because he scored his hat trick <laughs> before or he scored two goals before the other player scored twice uh so he in my mind was the first player to score multiple goals in the game i know it was against my beloved almir city but he deserved it uh heracles deserved it for finally winning kind of wish they'd waited a week to do that but uh, i think that gives us uh, a good place to to jump off neil just passing it over to you for a general vibe check with your teams i know prior to the international break you weren't in the best of shape 
but with a plus 10 goal differential for your two teams this past weekend, I think you're probably feeling a little bit better than you were. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't get much better than that. You know, Ben knows all about it. He, he has he has a team that wins by four or five goals every week. Uh, it was really great turnaround for, for both of them. Um, Ajax, a game they would be expected to win, but you could say that a lot this season. The first time they really looked... They really looked very comfortable throughout the throughout the match. Um, lots of different names on the score sheet. Some good young players getting goals. Uh, Chubag Palm, he's had a few in recent weeks and uh, in recent weeks, and he's starting to kind of find a place in that team. Uh, he was someone that I wasn't sure of as a signing, uh, but he he's got some goals about him. Um, so for Ajax, it's kind of turning a corner, and like we said before, they're just. Uh, they're improving, and they're scoring some goals, and they're by no means the finished article. They're they're about to start mounting a late title challenge, uh, but it it was a nice. They needed that, and they got it. And it was similar for Heracles. They were on a three game losing streak, and they managed to they managed to turn it around and really get a lot of goals. And Ben made a funny comment in our in our teams in our teams chat in our group chat. Um, basically, I'd, they finally got the goals that I've been anticipating all season, yeah. predicting these draws and wins, and they all came at once. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're a good side, Heraklis, and I think Almir had a bad day at the office, too. They lost some yeah. some soft goals. There was some scrappy stuff. Uh, and it was also, I think that game was, it was 1-0 up until somewhere around the 60th minute, and it all kind of caved in on them. Um, but Heraclius have never let their head drop throughout the season. Um, they keep on fighting. And yeah, it feels pretty good for them to get three points and climb a couple of spots on the table. Uh, do you think Ajax was able to score five because Vitesse are bad? Or are they feeling the new manager bounce? Or is it a combination of the two? Definitely a combination. Vitesse are bad. Uh, they're, they're up there or down there with Utrecht in terms of underperformance the season um so they were bad but you have to take advantage of that and and ix did and they they played some nice stuff They're, they got their passing going and like i said lots of lots of names on the score sheet they were they were kind of coming at them from all angles so a bit of a rejuvenated ix side and uh yeah really dire Batista side and uh, of all those goals who scored your favorite goal across the 10 oh i am i'm gonna get go against both my sides and actually say that uh i forget who it was but somebody for vitessa hit up hit something on the half volley first time and it was an absolutely impeccable goal but it it was ruled out for offside and i think it was really tight and i wish it just stood because it was just a, a sumptuous finish so the goal that wasn't a goal was my favorite goal from the 10. Uh, that's kind of a cop-out, but I'll take it. <laughs> Ever the contrarian. Hey, it works. Whatever works. You've Your team scored 10 goals this past week. You're entitled to, to be able to do that. But but actually, if I, if I do pick one, I'd say Chuba Akpom. He, he had a really um, kind of instinct, instinctive striker's finish. Um, it, was, it was neat. 
And it seems like the fans are not hating him as much now because I know he was kind of emblematic of the Mislintot era. Um, but now that he's scoring, it, it seems like it's all all well and good. Um, so we'll see how that nets out. Yeah, a bunch of fair weather fans like myself. Uh, speaking of fair weather, Ben, the weather is looking fair uh, on the PSV side, although I don't know if the same can be said about Peck. Just wanted to pass it over to you and see how the vibes are over in Ben land. Um, actually pretty good for both. Uh, Peck, even though they fell two to one to Walwike, um, it was a pretty even game by both sides. And I think Peck is settling in and trying to grind out some results and being a goal away from a draw or a victory. Um, really not that bad on the whole. Um, though they were at home, so I am pretty disappointed that they didn't cap all three points out of that. But all in all, if they can stay mid-table or just above the drop zone, that's a success. And they're exceeding expectations, even though they're losing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where this Peck team goes. I do think the main thing they, they need is a more mobile striker. Because right now they're relying on a really old, uh, I think he's like 38 or something like that, something 37 or something. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it either. His last name is Ty or T. I don't know how they say it in Dutch, but he's basically their target man, but he doesn't hold up the ball very well and kind of just lets things get away from him. Basically the wing players have to do the majority of the grunt work. So um but yeah i mean moving on to the uh you know you you lose words at this point in time i mean to be on this long of a winning streak with this many points with this many goals like you have to think something's gonna go wrong eventually right but they just keep finding ways to win and especially against a team like twenta which they've played kingmaker for other teams in the past i mean they psv looked in control almost the whole time it was hard it was hard because occasionally twenty would show some glimpses of the play they've shown against other teams but psv commanded full attention of the ball so i'm wondering too just on you know i mean looking into next week um, not sure if you want me to get into that yet, but uh, we'll get be, there. We'll get there. No, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the team is looking pretty unstoppable. And I mean, at this point I, I can't remember in any league, a team going 13 wins in a row, uh, like being completely perfect in league play. At this stage of the season, uh, I mean, are, are, are you thinking at this point domestically that this is a potentially record-setting team? It's a possible Invincibles team. I mean, if they can if they can hold it, they can, I mean, it's they're not quite at the halfway mark yet. Um, but the amount of depth that they have, and I'll go ahead and talk a little bit about the Sevilla game, even though that's not really Dutch. Um, Lozano came off injured in, in the first part of that first half, I think like 33 minutes, 30 minutes in, 
and they brought up Fertesson off the bench. And he, after, after not playing for a bit, like I think it's been probably eight full match days, and I don't think he's gotten a lot of time in European competition as well. He excelled. He was yeah, hard. For, they, they improved when he came on. Yeah. He he was hard to get off the ball, and Sevilla Sevilla, much like a lot of La Liga teams, likes to use the dark arts to try to like shove and like prod and tackle players off the ball, and they just could not get him off. Even though in context that sounds really bad, um, but he did draw the second, horn camp reference. <laughs> he did draw the second yellow for Ocampos, who really just let like a rush of blood. That was ahead. wild. I don't know why he thought that was a good idea, considering Sevilla was in complete control at that point, even though Vertessen was basically just tearing up that flank. And he put in the, I mean, two crosses, technically, the cross for the own goal and the cross for Pepe's uh, late-game winner. I mean, I know Saibari is usually the one that comes in and changes the match, but, I mean, Vertessen was just on another level today. And to know that that's so was Saibari when he came on. Yeah. And so was Saibari with that exceptional uh, first goal. I mean, that was just the most casual, no look left footed finish into the top left hand corner I've ever seen. I think he watched V-first goal earlier in the season and he heard the acclaim he got from this show about using his hip. Um, Yeah. The the old behind the back hip throw. Yeah. That was a great goal, and also Pepe as well. You know, great, great play from for Tyson, like you said. But the uh, the finish from Pepe, it was kind of the ball was kind of low. It, it wasn't the easiest, and uh, yeah. but his movement was great to get to unsettle the the defender because he he made it. He immediately made a front post run before Vitesse crossed it, and then he he doubled back to the right. And so the defender like stood forward a bit, and that's why he didn't challenge because the ball came in behind him. And Pepe just got a free header. I mean, it's looking more and more like whenever Luke starts to wind down a bit, um, I think Pepe, if he decides to stick around, might be their main man. But yeah, sorry. Derailed on that, but it's (laughs) incredible the depth of of PSV's talent right now, that they can just draw on anybody. Yeah, if ever a header could be classified as stayed hit that is what pepe's header was it was just a a thunder header if i've ever seen one and i mean at this point five matches played in the champions league sitting in second place uh four points behind arsenal so first point first place is out of reach but very comfortable uh going into the final match day although arsenal is the team left to play uh and then being qualified might make things easier are you are you still feeling like they're the team to get out of this? Is there anything from Lons after getting absolutely lambasted no. this week uh, that makes you think that they'll surpass on goal differential or anything? Or you think you're in good position to move on to the next round? I think we're in pretty good position. Um, I mean, to I mean, I think mathematically Lons is it can't make any higher than Europa, and. Um, I think Sevilla will be, I mean, they're destined for the Europa League. That's why they bottled it so hard. So, I mean, they don't, they don't really know. Well, they're, they're in, they're at bottom of the group right now. So (laughs) 
I mean, see what could it's theoretical that PSV could take a drubbing against Arsenal and Lons takes a win over Sevilla and sneaks through on goal difference. But it's true. Do you think there will be a heavy defeat? Do you think that could happen, or is it just kind of a possibility? I think not anything you're too worried about. I don't think it'll be a heavy defeat. I think it'll be a defeat. I think it'll be maybe a two to three, but. I mean, looking how well Arsenal has played and considering this group for them, I think it's tailor-made for them, the teams that they're playing against. Um, it might hurt Bosch to play the same way he's played against them in the past, but I don't see Bosch actually letting up because that's Bosch. I mean, he, he doesn't really change his style of play all that much. So, um, But I'm guessing there might be some home advantage not a lot, but we've had better luck at home in the Champions League this season. So, yeah, I, I considered this game done and uh, done and dusted until Saibari came on and scored that goal, and I was like, "Hang on a minute, is Saibari doing Saibari things?" Yeah, I, I kind of think that Arsenal being already qualified, you're going to see a lot of of the backup brigade in that match yeah. especially so i think that will help your cause as well yeah because i mean yeah. first place is already secured so there wouldn't be anything to like push for to get better seating yeah yep agreed and uh we'll see how lozano's injury unfolds but um be honest i'm not too worried about him being out even though he's very good um he showed flashes again of kind of that selfishness, the reluctance to look for the easier pass. There was one moment in particular that stood in my mind, um, not the one where he got hurt, but the he re basically received the ball, I think it was like 15th minute or something. He received the ball like 40 yards out and took one dribble with Luke wide open on the right, and he decides to try to, to curl it from about 35 out. And I'm like, what was the, what are you doing, dude? Like, we're, we're looking for an actual goal here, not just you being the hero again. Like, I think that's the problem with his style of play is he, he lends himself too much to the hero ball kind of stuff. So. Yeah, but with, with Noah Long coming back, it won't, won't really matter if Lozano's injured. And I mean, there's, as you mentioned, there's plenty of depth. To make up for that so it might be a bit of a blessing in disguise if the the one that's disrupting a bit of the flow isn't able to play uh, but <clears throat> that is we're talking about the champions league i think that's a nice natural progression over to the feyenoord vibe check uh hmm. a 3-1 match uh feyenoord scored three goals and still lost uh which is a bit unfortunate um, with two own goals a goal from Mats Viefer, uh and mario hermoso scoring can't say I'm surprised about this, not because we've been bad, but because Atletico are surprisingly one of the most progressive attacking sides in Europe right now. So losing to them and scoring more goals than them is nothing to scoff at. We just need to make sure that we do it in the other, uh, the other goal next time. Uh, we're sitting in third in the group uh, and we're, destined for the Europa League. I, I got to say, I'm a little disappointed. I think there was a, a couple, there was like a two, three week period where 
all of our blips happened and it cost us progression to the next round of the champions league. Uh, and it pretty much cost us the league title. Um, so vibes wise, a little disappointed, but can't say I'm surprised and we've kind of milked as much as we possibly can out of the current squad of players. Um, we we've seen some of the depth come through, but not in enough periods and, having someone like Jimenez in the side and constantly scoring goals is wonderful. And when it's working, it works really well. But when he doesn't score, we don't tend to win. And that is kind of a, a big Achilles heel for a side with ambitions to progress to the next, the last 16 of the champions league and mount a league title challenge. So um, I think we've got a lot to, to look and grow upon and i just hope santi doesn't leave in january as i've said multiple times um the the positive news was that we we won the other rotterdam derby this past weekend against excelsior it was a bit squeaky bumish it was closer than it needed to be in my opinion but again tying back into uh santi being santi he scored a hat trick and made sure that we we got the w it wasn't a classic. It wasn't necessarily the best performance, but I will say we kept the pressure on them way more than the scoreline seems to indicate. Uh, it flattered them a little bit, and I, I think it was never really in doubt, even if it was, if that makes sense. Like, we were always going to win that game based on the performance, even though we tried not to get that result based on the performance. Uh, can't say the same for Almir. Just at the wrong end of the stick this time. Uh, these things can happen when you're a team like Almir. Um, and as we've talked about, as Neil has predicted time and time again, Heracles were overdue for goals. And it just so happened that Almir were the one that the, the dam broke on, uh, so to speak. And like you mentioned earlier, it was, I mean, it was one nil and it all kind of unfolded in the 64th minute. And from there, it just all started going Heracles' way. So I, I'm not too upset about it. Still in good position uh, for the league, uh, but one one to learn from for sure. And you, you hate to see that happen at home in front of all those fans, all 4,000 of them. Uh, it's going to live long in the memory after <laughs> one of the, the more famous results before the international break. They were maybe bamboozled because Heracles were playing in their third. That's right. Their third kit. A club that size. You wouldn't think they'd have three, but they played in all white and Almir may have thought they were up against Real Madrid just with the way <laughs> Heracles were playing. That's probably what scared them the most is that they thought Jude Bellingham was going to be on the other end of the pitch and were incredibly worried. There were a couple of, well, there were a few tap ins scored, so Jude was represented. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Neil, we don't want to forget about Ajax in European competition, although I'm sure a lot of Ajax fans might want to at this point. But uh, a very important game tomorrow against Marseille, um, lead, the group leaders with Ajax at the bottom. But I mean, a win here could turn the group on its head and really bring you into the end of the, the group stage with a shot at progression or 
at least a shot at dropping down into the conference league. Uh, we could, if you if you pull it off, we could see Feyenoord versus Ajax later on in the knockout stages of the Europa League. But how how are you feeling ahead of the Marseille match? Not hugely confident, uh, to be honest. I, I just think it's been such an up and down season. Um, I wondered earlier on if the Europa League would be a bit of a reprieve and they would maybe just go on a little European run, but it hasn't really looked that way. Um, Marseille are a good, solid side. They're probably fairly even, I would say, in terms of their their competency. Um, but it's by no means an easy game, and just with the possession Ajax are in, you wouldn't really favour them. They, they'd have to they have to go and win this game and then also then do something against IEK in the final game. Um, but there's no reason not to give it their all. And uh, I don't think they would often look to PSV for inspiration, but if they, if they want to look at their fellow Eredivisie club and what they pulled off today, you know, impossible is nothing, as Adidas would tell you. Um, so I think that should be a... That's the kind of fixture I do enjoy. You know, I think Ajax against Marseille, two historic, like good, solid European names. Um, you know, okay, they're not they're not Juventus and Barcelona, but they're they're good European names. This is a good this is a good Europa League tie, and you know, on certain years it would be a Champions League tie. Um, so I think it should be fun to watch. Uh, could go either way, and. I think it'll probably go Marseille's way. I hate to say, but it, I just feel like it probably will. And uh, it won't be a bad thing for Ajax if they just have to focus on the Eredivisie for the rest of the season. But if they do pull off the win, sets up a, a grandstand finish to the group. Yeah, definitely expecting a lot of goals in that, that match because both teams are tremendously flawed. Uh, so I think they will bring the best and worst out of each other as we look ahead to uh, trying to trying to get a result, Agreed. trying to get a win. Um, and the other thing that we haven't really mentioned about any of the teams, when you play in Europe, you kind of rely on the other results. You have to keep one eye on the other results in the group. And um, both of your teams in the Champions League, you know, things have really gone up and down an awful lot. And, you know, for Feyenoord, you could probably look at Lazio and think, you know, we're we're every bit as good as them, but they they had such late goals and dramatic results that it really, regardless of what Feyenoord were doing, it, it kind of elevated them a little bit. And uh, for PSV early on, the the lawns against Arsenal result that kind of set a cat amongst the pigeons. So you kind of you always ride your luck a little bit in Europe. I think you kind of. You have to win your games, but you also want some favors out there. Yeah, I know when we looked back at the beginning of the group stage, I'd kind of not backed Lazio to put it together, but they've they've turned it around. Uh, I guess, sorry, switched cigarette brands and found one that worked for him and his team. Um, but that was not something I expected looking at them at the start of the season. They just did not look good. Uh, you always kind of put a team that needs a keeper goal to equalize as not a very good team. And I say that as a Liverpool fan, looking back at the season that Allison scored, we were not good that season. Um, so I, it was, it's very disappointing to, to see them play so well because it means it knocked us out of contention. 
Um, but for you, Neil, I'm very happy to see Celtic down at the bottom of that group. Yeah. Um, they're, sorry, they're, they're, yeah. Celtic in Europe in the Champions League haven't covered themselves in glory for a long time, and uh, especially away from home. Um, I, they, you could say they've been unlucky in a couple occasions, including against Lazio at home, um, but they just can't quite cut it at that level. And neither can Rangers, who last season were officially the worst ever Champions League team. It's a, it's a heck of a title to be known by. Yeah. <laughs> Them's the breaks, though. Uh, there, speaking of breaks, I think there's no need for us to take a break. I think we can go ahead and look straight <laughs> into this weekend's fixtures. We're going to save the really obvious one for last because it will be the one with the most talking points. Uh, we're going to go chronologically, starting with Almir City playing Heronvane on Friday. Um, I think this will be a draw. I think these teams are both what we in the business like to call bang average teams uh, that are not very consistent, and they're both just not going to play very well. And I think it's going to end like two to two. Um, I know Heronvane has kind of turned it around this season and kind of push towards the European qualification places. But I just think it's going to be a difficult slog for both teams uh, and it's going to end in a draw. And I am not surprised that this one is not streaming on ESPN Plus because I don't think it will be a very enjoyable watch. Hmm. Uh, but after that, the next match is uh, Bottom Dwellers, Volendam taking on Pex Vola. Uh, ben, are you feeling confident that Peck will be able to beat this awful, awful Volendam team. I'm confident, but not not willing to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really, really hope Peck kind of picks up the three points here because this is really just a must win. Um, you can drop points against a few of the other people that are struggling in the mid-tier of the Eredivisie, but you should really be beating the ones that are just absolutely doing terribly. Like Ajax a few weeks ago. <laughs> so, you're, so you're going Peck win in this one? Yes, Peck to win this one. Good. Neil, are you feeling as optimistic when Heracles take on Sparta Rotterdam? Uh, probably not. <laughs> a great win at the weekend there, but Sparta are a, a decent side and they, they sit pretty high up the table. They've had some iffy results as well. They've had a couple of home defeats. Um, I think Sparta at home in this game. But I, I will say that maybe Heracles will get a draw. Um, you know, last week would have given them a little bit of confidence. And Sparta are, Sparta are a good side that kind of grind out some results. They don't typically blow anyone away. Uh, and this could maybe be a tight game. Uh, so I'd like to think that Heracles can get a point and escape without losing. Um, although I wouldn't be surprised if Sparta did find the win. I don't expect Heracles to, to get three points, though. So I'm going to say draw. Yeah, Sparta, fresh off losing to worst team in the world, Utrecht, uh, will mm -hmm. be looking to bounce back um, against freewheeling, free-scoring Heracles. <laughs> so I, I don't. I think you're underselling your team here. I think this is going to be like a 12-0 win. Well, you, you know how often I've sat here and said Heracles are going to win. So um, a draw would be a good result against a good side. 
Um, get, and what about you got to uh, somehow get Sparta to five five and five because right now they're five three and five. We need that, we need that satisfaction. Direction. We need it to be Just completely uniform, like the like the Greek names in this league. <laughs> there are a lot of Greek me- names. I kind of noticed that. I was like, man, they really like their Greek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, other Greek teams that are mediocre, Ajax taking on NEC. <laughs> Dude, come on. Well done. There we go. Yep. How are you feeling about that one, Neil? Uh, I, I don't want to use the S word. Uh, I, I put down NEC an awful lot on this show, so I can't say anything but uh, an Ajax victory. Um, I should win this game. They need to. They need to get a run going. They need to get three, four, or five games in a row where they win, especially against teams that are in the lower kind of quadrant of the table. So, no reason why they shouldn't be winning this game and scoring a few goals and getting some confidence up. Agreed. I, I don't think this will be a game that lives long in the memory. It will just be a routine. <laughs> bigger team versus smaller team performance football was played yeah <laughs> the your match cast that neil has grown so accustomed <laughs> to watching will just be like three notes of the goals and that's it there will be no in between events the football manager simming you know yeah so, <laughs> just get, getting through the next one <laughs> my favorite kind <laughs> But one game that will probably not be that, although it will be probably watched as much by both of us as the other matches that aren't televised, is Feyenoord versus PSV. That was a roundabout way to get to what I was trying to say, is that it's so early at 5.15 a.m. that no one's going to watch it, just like the games that are on ESPN+. But You know, know, like, I don't want to... Why the hell is, like, (laughs) one of the premier matches... Of the air to VC on at five fifteen, like what? To be to be Texan here, what in tarnation? <laughs> this doesn't yeah. make any sense. Part of that is that we are in Texas. Yeah, yeah, they're probably focused on Dutch time, like a bunch of weirdos when yeah. they're planning this kickoff. What's I that? T- fr- what's that phrase? Um, I hate intolerance and the Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm all out of intolerance. Wait, is that how it goes? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think that's something different. Uh, really pulling but, in the John Carpenter at this point. <laughs> four score and five fifteen ago. Uh, <laughs> I wonder though if it's something to do with the uh, because in in Scotland, uh, Rangers and Celtic will always kick off on the weekends um, at six thirty a.m. Yeah. Dallas time. Yeah, it's 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 around about midday. Um, in Scotland, and the reason is they don't want people drinking all day and then going crazy and killing each other. Um, so instead, they just stay up all night drinking <laughs> and kill each other. So the Scottish tradition has just changed. <laughs> yeah, um, but the, it is like a safety reason they don't want the games kicking off later. And you know, uh, some of the fans in the air of easy have been a little bit tasty here, there, and everywhere. So I wonder if it's anything to do with that. Yeah. Maybe not. But I imagine so. Yeah. I imagine it's probably governed by public transit too. 
Oh, reliable tr public transit. What a world that we don't live in. <laughs> it can't relate at all. Um, no. But Ben, how are you feeling going into this? I can't imagine you're feeling anything other than supremely confident. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I would put supremely confident as an apt description, um, especially coming off this win away to Sevilla, um, regardless of how it you know panned out. That's still a really difficult thing to do, considering Sevilla is one of the, I would say, one of the best defensive teams in Spain. They're diffi very difficult to play at home, away from home. I mean, Sergio Ramos has really kind of upped their defensive quality significantly, and their pressing is really difficult to face against. Plus, I mean, like I mentioned, most La Liga teams, they will foul and you know, use all the dark arts against you because that's just how games are played in Spain, which is exceedingly frustrating considering the quality of Spanish players and then watching the games is like watching paint dry. Except paint drying would be much more fun to watch, especially if it's splattered on the side or something like that. But um, Feyenoord had their stumbling block again yesterday. And I mean, they still got a threat in, Sa in Santi Jimenez, who still found a way to get on the score sheet, even if it wasn't for his team. Um, but he's a very, very dangerous player, even on off days. And the thought of him and Romalio together just makes my blood like, completely go thin like it just but other side of the coin is that Biscali has really been taking up a lot of the defensive work and the way Bosch's style has played with us lately has been very useful against a lot of Eredivisie opponents um, Feyenoord will be our biggest test by far um, Twente was the first, and we passed that with pretty good colors. Like, you know, zero to three against Twente away from home is pretty decent. Now we have to do that again versus Feyenoord, and even even a one nil is a victory. Um, but Bosch, you know, he won't be satisfied with just one. So um, I'm hoping for at least a two zero victory for, um, for PSV, but I can see. Um, Santi finding a way to get on the score sheet, maybe a one to two. Yeah, I'm thinking this is a match after going out of the Champions League, being kind of relegated to the Europa League and being so far behind in the league where Feyenoord's really got to have that dog in them. Like they've got to keep fighting. They've got to come out and stick it to PSV and put them under pressure and not let them kind of have all of the attacking momentum, even though defensively we're pretty sound overall. Um, we, we just have to disrupt the rhythm. Uh, and it's one of those matches where if we win, like that's, that opens things up. I mean, it's, it would still be a four point gap, but that puts uh kind of deflates the PSV balloon a little bit mm -hmm. and, puts the pressure on and says, Hey, this, it looked over, but this league isn't over and anything could happen at that point. If fine art were able to get a result. 
So I think there's still all to play for, even if it doesn't look like it. And Feyenoord could will this title race back into existence by putting in a good result here. I think the matchups are favorable on an individual level. I think Minta coming back for Feyenoord is another big threat uh, for us to kind of take advantage of the space and behind the attacking fullbacks. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this could be a match where Stangs will end up finding a lot of joy because Fairman doesn't really like to be the defensive enforcer. He's much more like a deep lying playmaker uh, and will not get the time and space that he needs to thrive. So I think this is um this is going to be a really good match. It's a shame that it's on so early. Going to try to avoid the score so I can watch it uh, a replay of it and kind of get the experience that way. Um, yeah, so I, I think we'll it's probably just watch be... it both. We'll probably watch it both at the same time or something. That way, yeah. neither one of us spoils the other. Um, I would say on your point, you're you're absolutely correct. Veerman does not like being under pressure like that. He does not like playing that role. Um, he is no, he's not a Busquets. He's not any. He's basically just he's a Chabi Alonso without the defensive effort. Um, and the main weakness points too in PSV is obviously um, Dest on the on the left hand. Is it? It'll be the right hand side for y'all, but left hand side for us because um, Teza will be on the right. He's more defensively minded. I think he'll not lock his space down, but he'll be less of a of an avenue for the Feyenoord team to go through. But definitely, I think uh, Stangs will have a lot of free time and space on that upper right area. Um, I've seen him a few times cut in from there because he's, he's left footed, right? As far as I know. Stangs. Yeah. 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 That's right. Cause I saw, I saw his goal for the Netherlands and I was like, Ooh, that's not going to look good in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you know, I think it's, there's a lot to play for, like you said. So I'm just, Hope, I'm just going to carry the the confidence wave, and hopefully PSV will continue their run. Yeah, I think there's these are two teams that, apart from maybe one or two positions, they know exactly the lineups they're going to be facing and have from now until kickoff to fully prepare and do the research and get deep into the nuances of the opposition to really kind of formulate uh, an effective game plan. So I think it'll be a really interesting tactical matchup as much as it is a individual battles going on on the field. But Neil, I know you have a quote unquote neutral perspective on this. What are you anticipating from this match? I really don't know. (laughs) It's, it's, it's going to be fascinating. Um, I, I've said a number of times that I that I think Feyenoord are, you know, the, the best all-round side in the league. <clears throat> but PSV have just been so good uh, all season. And even when a team might think they have their number for the day, they keep going and, and they have changes on the bench. And you kind of have to defend perfectly against them all afternoon. It's really hard to shut them out. So it's... It's hard to not see PSV finding a way to win. I I want Feiner to win for the sake of the league and to make things exciting. Um, 
but what do I think is going to happen? I do not know. <laughs> and I don't want to sit in the fence and say a draw, but but I don't think it's going to go anyone's way entirely. I don't think anyone is just going to like score first and then, okay, easy, we see it out now. I think there's going to be some back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Ben, you predicted a PSV win. Mm-hmm. I'm predicting a Feyenoord win. I think we'll pull it out. I think we'll rip this league wide-ass open, and no one's going to know what hit them after we're done with this this game. I'll jump on your side, Alex, because I think for the uh, I think for the Super Cup game, you uh, you were being so smug that I sided with Ben and PSV. <laughs> uh, but this time, PSV are just so good that I I want to see them fail. Uh, so that, and this is the most realistic shot. So I'll say Fireneur can do it. Yeah, and that's if there was a stumbling block to really blow it open, it would be this one. I mean, it's perfectly set up for PSV to take the loss. I mean, Feyenoord away from home and Feyenoord who's has the third least amount of goals conceded this, this season in the league. Um, but I got it. I got to back my boys. I mean, I just, I just want, I'm willing to keep going. <laughs> I'm, and putting, I wanna see... I'm putting it all in red, red and white. So on Feyenoord, <laughs> or on the 10,000 other like Sunday yeah, or on, or on Sparta <laughs> Alex will you mind if uh, will you mind if PSV win but there are some goals in it for Tillman and Pepe uh, I won't be thrilled it, it softened the blow a little bit but I'd probably consider them turncoats and ask for the CIA to go after them in some form or fashion nice nice because you can't well, if, do they have, if they have oil, they'll go after them. So. <laughs> and on that note, I think we would like to welcome you, dear listener, to tweet at us or DM us or comment under our posts on Instagram at Total Fool Ball, wherever you get your social medias. Um, let us know how you're feeling about the league. Let us know who you think is going to win every match this weekend give us a prediction for every game that's going to be played this weekend tell us who your favorite team is tell us who your favorite player is tell us why ben and neil's teams are worse than my teams just shout it all out in the comments let us know um, and we look forward to hearing from you and seeing all of the crazy action in the eredivisie this weekend ben neil thanks as always for joining i love the the unbiased that not at all biased to liberal arts professor rant that you had going on there. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> well, thanks to Alex for hosting again. We'll catch y'all later. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. <laughs>